Amen. <laughs> so do you guys want to see something really cute? Oh, good. No, we don't want to see anything cute. <laughs> okay, this is Henry. I just wanted to share this with you. How, did you know it was Henry? Yeah. Whatever thing. You turn it up. You ask in prayer. I say fail. Believing. Believing. You will receive. Matthew. <laughs> say Matthew. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. You say it one more time. Okay, here we go. Say, and whatever things you ask. ask? In prayer. In prayer. Believing. You will receive. Matthew. Matthew. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Woohoo! Praise God! Yeah. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but that is the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm a little prejudiced. So, anyways, um, I just thought I'd share that with you, my little preacher, Henry. <laughs> um, so, I just wanted to share t with you today, and God help me, because I have a, a lot of notes, so I'll, uh, I'll do my best. So, all right, can I just, let's just pray. Um, Father, I thank you. Oh, I thank you for your, your presence. It's always worth waiting on you, and reminding ourselves that that we're not alone and that we go with you and we don't want to go without you anywhere even this service lord we we thank you that you're here with us so we thank you for your word i thank you for your word that it's in me near me and in my mouth thank you father god for um, wisdom and revelation coming forth this morning thank you father god hallelujah you're so good you're fulfilling destinies everywhere and you're a good god thank you lord thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Father. We love you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, so um, just in case anybody's wondering, um, so we're settling in really well. Um, our family, yay. <laughs> um, I have people ask me all the time, how's it going? And you can hear it in their voice, you know, when they're like, how is everything, you know, and there's this sense of concern for us that maybe we really miss home or that we, uh, you know, this has been a hard transition, but I have to tell you, I really don't miss home. I missed home a little bit at Christmas time, um, and, you know, we've been FaceTiming with family, so I don't miss them so much. Sometimes I miss, like, weird things, like, like my actual, you know, home or, like, I don't know, small things, but I will tell you, this has been the easiest transition I can't even, I just can't even believe how easy it's been, um, not just for me, but for our kids. It's really been super easy. Um, I feel like we're really at home, and I have to tell you, I mean, this is the third time we've been here in Australia, um, but this last time when we, we came through to Katoomba and I saw that sign, Welcome to Katoomba, the Holy Spirit rose up on the inside of me and said, You're home. And I have to tell you, I don't feel like God has set us up 
for the mission field. Like, we're not, you know, barely getting by. We're not missing home. I mean, it, God, there's so much grace that we have had everything that we need and then some. I mean, God has just been so good, you know, and I think, oh, I think about like Helen and Ian and, and if we are here for 19 years, which would be okay, if we were here that long, I could honestly look back and say God made it all worth it even then. Like he, he has totally set us up for success. I mean, um, we have everything that we need. I think about my kids. They're going to um, Christian private school. You know, I'm not trying to brag. I just want you to know God is so good. He's been so faithful. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't leave anything undone. He's, he's no man's debtor. Um, I have to say, our home, I don't know if it's, it's a wonderful, it's a beautiful home. You know, I remember when he first started thinking about moving to Katoomba, and we, I instantly, you know, as a mom, I'm looking at, where are we going to live? Like, okay, God wants us to do this, but where, you know, and so I start looking at house, price, you know, housing, and I just think, God, that's, you're going to have to do a miracle, because housing is so expensive, and, and so in your mind, you're trying to figure out all this stuff out, but it is so beautiful to see how God has just, I mean, just made everything just so wonderfully and beautifully fall into place, everything from vehicles to, to our home, to my boys, my kids, who are most, my most prized possession, you know, and um, he's looked out for them, and so anyways, I, I'm, I, I'm not bragging, I'm just giving praise to God, and I know that, um, and that's, that's, anyways, I don't want to go too much further because that's what my message is kind of about today. And that's my personal testimony. Honestly, I have to say that for me, I know some people when I tell them that I, you know, that we're pastoring or that I'm in ministry and they just look at you and they go, oh, I feel for you. <laughs> like this look of like, I'm so sorry. Like, like they know what's in store. They, but I have to honestly tell you, ministry has been the most, exciting thing in my whole life. I love serving God. You know, actually, the other day when I was, I was searching, you know, like God, just um, believing God for a message just, you know, for today, and I went out on this walk, and I'm just thinking, Lord, you know, like, I'm hearing these words, follow your passion, follow your passion. I'm just thinking, what is my passion? You know, sometimes you can get your passion is so comfortable to you, and other people see it, but sometimes you can just get used to it you know, what you're passionate about. You live it every day, you know, and, and you don't realize. And so anyways, I was just talking to God, and I was just saying, you know, oh, um, I just begin to call out things in my future, you know, just begin to say, Lord, I, um, you know, speaking by faith, I do that sometimes. I let my words go out ahead of me, and I, you will get the word, you know, you will get the fruit of your lips, and so I was just saying, thank you, God, that we're going to have a good life here, that all, everything's going to um, work out good here, that your plans are going to be finished, that everything you've began, you're going you're gonna to finish. And, and Father, I just, I just thank you for blessings. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for a home. I thank you, Lord, that, that if we're going to be here, that, you know, I want to I remain, uh, if we're going to remain here, Lord, I thank you for those blessings. I thank you for your provision. Lord, I thank you that if we're going to uh, be here, Lord, that we'll have a place for my grandchildren. I'm I mean, I know that sounds out there, but we should do that. Get your words out ahead of you. Thank God for, for, for what he's done, but go ahead and thank him for what he's going to do. He wants us to be blessed. Amen. So anyways, I'm, I'm speaking all this out. I'm speaking out my future. And um, it just dawned on me. Uh, the Lord says, there it is. There's your passion. It's, my passion is serving God. 
I love to serve God. I love to serve him. Um, my stepmom, who was just here a couple weeks ago, Peter's, well, no, Peter's stepmom, who's my mother-in-law, she said, you guys make ministry look like fun, and you make it look easy. <laughs> and I thought, what a, what a compliment, what a blessing, you know, to hear that, because I don't make everything look easy. <laughs> I, I am horrible at math. You try to help me with math, and by the end of it, I will convince you that you don't like math, and you're no good at it. We'll both be cross-eyed. I'm no good at math, and I don't make it look easy. It's so hard. Forget fractions. I just don't even get them. So anyways, I just took that as a compliment, you know, that, that Peter and I do that because I truly believe that ministry and serving God, it should be an adventure it should be fun. It should be exciting. It's thrilling. You know, it's, it's, it's God. He's got a specific destiny, a plan for each of us. And I just love it because it's like he leaves you these, like, this trail of breadcrumbs crumbs, and, and you follow him. And he doesn't give you the whole picture because if he did, then we wouldn't need faith, right? We need faith to walk after God. And it's just thrilling. It's just so much fun to see God's word come to pass in our life and to see the places he's taken us. His destiny for us will take us places that we could never imagine. I always love the world. I always love the idea of if I saw somebody who looked like they were from another country as like a teenager, I'd be right over there like, what's your country like? What's, what's, the, what's the weather like? What do you guys do for fun? I just love the world. And it's no wonder that I'm here like preaching the gospel. When I got saved and I found out that uh, I could preach the gospel and travel the world, that it was a real thing. Like, oh, a missionary? That's what they do? Like, I guess I have to understand I came from, <laughs> I was not churched at all. But when I found out that God had a calling on my life to do the two things, you know, serve the Lord and preach the gospel to the world, like, what more could a person ask for? But, you know, it's funny one time I was talking to my cousin, and she was like, oh, I do not want to travel. I do not want to go to the world. I don't want to, I want to stay right here at home. And I just thought to myself how, like, wow, not everybody wants to do it. That's something he has put specifically in me, that desire. So, anyways, I feel like I'm jab, 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 jab. Um, oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. So every man has a destiny. You have a destiny. I have a destiny. And fate and luck are not the same thing as destiny. Um, a child of God doesn't work on fate and luck. The Bible calls fate and luck, or another word we might say karma, or what goes around comes around, this kind of lifestyle or that kind of belief. Um, God calls those false gods that that's different than a destiny. Uh, fate or luck can treat people good, but the thing about luck is it can go both ways. One day, fate or luck, it can treat you really good, and the next day, it can treat you really bad. Karma says you get what you deserve, but you know what? Thank God. <laughs> in God, in Christ, we don't get what we deserve because the reality is, is we all deserve we all deserve hell, don't we? But, but, we don't live according to fate or luck or what goes around comes around. We live according to the word of God and his promises. He has a destiny for us, and there is a difference. 
Um, God's plan for you is not a gamble. It is a sure, steady rock that you can build your life upon. His promises are unshakable, unwavering. His promises, you can build your life on his word, and it's not taking a gamble. It is certain. It is steadfast. It is a promise of a good life and eternal life. Amen? Amen. Destiny is defined as a predetermined course of events, often held as irresistible in their power. A fixed order of things established by divine decree or indissoluble connections of cause and effect. In other words, you do something, and because you did something, there is an effect. For instance, uh, we didn't just get here to Australia mysteriously. We didn't just show up here one day, right? Um, Over a course of time, we made big and small decisions that led us here. We stepped over into God's destiny for our life, and it led us here. He's given us free will. That's right. And every, every one of us has a, uh, we have the freedom to choose whether we want to operate in fate and luck and just whatever, the li- whatever life throws at us, or we have a choice to step over into what I like to call the God life, God's destiny, which, like I said, is a pre uh, is a course of events often held as irresistible in their power, a fixed order of things established by divine decree or indissoluble connections of cause and effect. Um, Destiny is God's created plan for our lives. Fate, luck, and karma are not for the children of God. That's not his plan. It's not the way that he does things. I want to show you in Ephesians... Uh, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual things in heavenly places. For he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Basically, what that's saying is our destinies are tied to Jesus. Um, I'm going to keep going. In Hebrews 9.27, it says, It is appointed for men once to die, and after this judgment, every... Uh, and, oh, let me back up. It is appointed for men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Isn't that encouraging? Your destiny is to die. (laughs) No, it's not funny. Okay. (laughs) Um, Guess what? It's your destiny and it's my destiny. We're all going to die. We are all going to stand before God. (laughs) Boy, this is encouraging, isn't it? (laughs) It's going to get more encouraging. It is your destiny. It's all man's destiny to die, right? All men are going to die once. Is that right? That's every man's destiny, but our destiny is more 
than just death and going to heaven. That is every man's destiny, but we have a destiny that's more than just dying and going to heaven. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about heaven. Amen. I'm so excited. You know, oh, I, can just, I just love the thought of the coming of Jesus. I love the thought of being with him in heaven. I know that that is going to be an amazing day, but I'm not waiting till I die to enjoy the blessings of God. I'm not waiting till I die to, to enjoy my inheritance. We don't have to. We can step over into God's destiny in this life, in your life. <clears throat> uh, Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. God has a separate and distinct destiny for each of us. Paul had a race to run, a specific race just for Paul that only he could fulfill like he did. And it's the same for you. God has a destiny for you to walk out. And it is specifically tailored fit to just you. You know what? I know that God could have used anybody in my place. He could have. He could have sent somebody else to the Lighthouse Church to do what I'm doing today. But here's what I know is this is my destiny to be here. I had a choice to be here. I want to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I know that I can do this job. This sounds not humble. This doesn't sound very humble. But I know that I can do this job better than anybody can because this is my destiny. This is where God has called me. God has somewhere for you to go, to do things to do, people to see, a calling, a purpose, a plan that only you can do as well as you can do. Can he send somebody else in your place? He, yeah, he sure he can. But he wants you. It's so beautiful, isn't it, that God, our creator, he's got this massive plan for, crean, crea, uh, for humanity, and he wants to use us in the, in the midst of it. He wants to use us in this thing called the world and humanity and his great plan of the coming. You know, so I, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But um, he's got a plan for you, a specific plan. This plan is, it's out of reach for a human. It's unattainable for any human, but with God, it's possible. The Bible says that it's better than anything that you could think or imagine. It's abundantly, exceedingly better than any of your plans. I could promise you that. It is a, uh, it is a specific, it's specific and customized, tailor fit to you. God will use you and other people to get his destiny accomplished for you. But it's up to us. It's a choice. It's a choice for us to step over into that God life or live according to our own plans, right? There are some people that are going to heaven. The Bible, I feel like, makes it pretty clear that there are some people that are going to heaven, but they may never tap into this God life. I, 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 almost, I feel it almost grieves me to think that there are people going to heaven, but they have not stepped over into this God life. Knowing that what I know now about how great of an adventure it is, I think, oh, there's more. There's so much more. Um, 
I have, well, I was going to say, once, uh, once a person gets a taste of the God life, it's hard to settle for the ordinary. God has an extraordinary life planned for you. He can and will use you to do things you never thought imaginable. Your age is not a hindrance. Your history, things that you've done in the past, it's not a hindrance. Yeah. Oh, because I would be disqualified. Ah! Hallelujah, but I, oh, hallelujah, it didn't hinder me. Your financial status, I would have also been disqualified. <laughs> um, it's not a hindrance. I want to tell you guys, sometimes you look at people who are doing things for God, and maybe they've also got, I'm not going to lie, we've, I'm, I, we are blessed. God has so richly blessed us. But if you saw where I came from, you probably wouldn't believe it. <laughs> God has been so good to us. He's been so faithful to us in, in the finance arena. He has been good to us. <clears throat> oh, he's so good. <laughs> if somebody would have told me five years ago, when, when God began to put this move to Australia in our heart, it looked so impossible. Our finances, our bank account did not say it was going to happen. But that's where walking by faith comes in. When God says you can do something, when God says go do something, it's as good as done. He will make it happen. And I'm telling you, I could tell you so many miracles and things that have happened to make it possible for us to be here. Amen. And to, to have all that we need. That's the word of God. That we will have all that we need for every good work and abundance to have all that we need for every good work. I think if I, if I have a fear, I'm not going to lie, I have fears. We all have some fears. I think one of the things that I fear the most, um, and I'm not really sure if it'll play out like this in heaven, but when I stand before God, <laughs> I don't want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did a great job bringing your plans to pass. Now, let me show you what I had in store for you. I really, I don't, I don't, I want to walk in everything that he has for me here. His plans, his purposes, I think that is one of my greatest fears is not tapping into what he has for me here and then getting in heaven and be like, whoa, I could have, I could have had all that. I could have done all that. I could have experienced all that. Okay, praise God. And then we enjoy eternity. <laughs> I don't think it'll be such a big deal. I don't even know if it'll play out like that. But I want his will, his way, his purposes. Amen? Um, I coined this um, quote from um, a pastor friend of ours in the States. He said, God's best for you on earth can be an exciting series of adventures in Christ that put you on the cutting edge of God's plans and purposes for humanity. <clears throat> Did everybody get that? I better say it to myself again. God's best for you on earth can be an exciting series of adventures in Christ that put you on the cutting edge of God's plans and purposes for humanity. 
there is so much more to our walk with God than just getting saved and enjoying eternity. There is this big plan for humanity that's happening right underneath our nose. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. He's coming back. And there is a great harvest. There is a gospel that has to be preached to every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. A gospel that must be preached to the four corners of the earth before he returns. I have to be careful because I'll get myself really worked up. Jesus said that I do, I do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I see the Father saying. For me, that's what I want to be saying. That's what I want to be doing. I want to be really careful about what I get involved in. Because I know that there is a greater plan for mankind that is happening around me. And while there are so many good works, there's a lot of good works happening. But I don't want, I don't want to miss God's best because I'm so busy doing a good work. There's a good work, and then there's the God life. And this God life, you have this, this vision. You see what God sees. You see humanity. You see the fact that there are Billions of people who still have not yet heard the gospel. As the church, what is our call? What did Jesus say before he ascended? Isn't it interesting? That's the last thing he said. You know, if you go over to somebody's house and you're not going to see them for a long time, you know, when I said goodbye to my family, I let them know, I love you. God loves you. You're like, that's your family. I don't care. I want them to know that God has a plan for their life. My family, some of my family still don't know that. I said, I love you. God loves you. What was the last words that Jesus said? He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is the command for the church. Let's not get so busy being caught up in worldly matters. Listen, it's all great. Uh, It's all great. I, in fear of, of in, in offending people, it's all, it's all good. But what is our commission? What has God called us to do? He has called us to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That gets me excited. <laughs> you know, even now, I'm so happy to get to be here and praise and worship, and I'm, I'm loving this. <clears throat> but I've got, I've got my eye on big things because God has put this thing on the inside of me, a love for the world, a desire to preach the gospel. I see all these Asian people coming here, and I think, praise the Lord, God has met, brought the mission field to us. What are we going to do about it? God's already given me some ideas on ways that we can, I don't want to go, I'm not going to get into detail because there are some things, it's a season, right? In in due time, in due season, God will bring things to pass. But God has shown me and shown Peter things that, ways that this place is going to have an effect on the world. And you might say, golly, slow down, you know, like, that seems too big. That's just too big. It's not too big. It's not too big. 
supporting missionaries. I just, there's no greater honor to me than to get to support a missionary. I believe it's T.L. Osborne who says, I'm getting so off of my message. Uh, I think it's T.L. Osborne who said, oh, I don't, maybe it wasn't him, but I think I said, go or send a sender. Jesus commissioned all of us to go ye into the world and preach the gospel. He commissioned. It was a command. All of us must go into the world and preach the gospel. The gospel at home, the gospel overseas. Well, the thing about it is it's a great thing. If you can't go, you send. And your job as a sender is no less valuable and no less rewarding than the person who gets to go. Some people don't want to go. God hasn't put, them that, put that desire in the heart. But that doesn't mean you, you get, you're scot-free and you don't have to worry about or think about the world. Worry is not the right word. Amen? Go or, or send someone in your place. That's what he says. Go or send someone in your, in your place. <clears throat> Amen? Peter and I sat at home in Tulsa, Oklahoma with this fire burning on the inside of us to go, go, go. We were willing to go anywhere. <laughs> we would have gone anywhere he told us to. But we waited, we waited on God to tell us where because you know what? The safest place is in God's will. I don't care if you're in the Middle East. I don't care where you are. The safest place for you is in the middle of God's will. If God wants you to be there, that's the safest place for you. <clears throat> but we waited for, I don't know, eight, eight years, something like that, before Australia came up. It's so big that we could not run from it if we wanted to. We didn't want to. We tried to maybe for a minute, but <laughs> um, we would have gone anywhere. <clears throat> All right. Let me get back on my, okay. Is everyone Okay. <laughs> Have I freaked everyone out with my excitement? No, okay. Um, you know what? The God life, pursuing God's life, it doesn't always or necessarily mean that you're going to be some great big evangelist. Maybe, maybe so. I remember when I first got saved, I would look through T.L. Osborne uh, books and I would see the pictures of the masses, you know, and my heart would just, oh man, I was just so like, oh, God, I want to preach the gospel. I want to go to the masses. And you know what? That, it's okay if I, uh, actually, I have stood before masses, but maybe not like that, you know? We, actually, we went to Thailand. I went to Thailand with a ministry, and that was the most exciting thing for me. I just came alive. When you get into that calling, you get into that specific place where God has you, you come alive. You just come alive. You feel like that's right where you're supposed to be, doing exactly what you were created to do. It's the best feeling in the whole world. And I was a, I was a clown in front of thousands. <laughs> and I had so much fun. I was a clown for one night, and we would do these big crusades, and we stood before thousands. And I got to, uh, um, I was a clown one night. Another night, I got to actually preach the gospel. And to see what I had seen in those books to see this mass crowd in front of me and to see people come in, all kinds of things, sick, you know, <laughs> to see the, the healings, to see the, the thousands of salvations, it just lit me up on the inside. It gave me a taste of the God life 
that I, I want to see more of. I want to see God do more of that. I want to see more healing. I want to see more people stepping over into the God life. Amen? Okay. You, we may not be. God, the God life for you, the God life for me, it may not look like, you know, it may not look like what we think it's going to look like. The God life can be having a thriving family, prospering and giving into the kingdom, being an influence or leading people to Christ, a friend or a stranger, coming faithfully to church and being a blessing in your church, God using you to touch the nations, being used and walking in your destiny is the most fulfilling thing you'll ever experience. Amen? Uh, someone told me when I first got saved that following God, uh, it's like a triangle. The plan of God and following after God, pursuing God is like a triangle. And in the very beginning of your walk with God, at the bottom of that triangle, right, is broad. You have this broad base. It's wide. The, the will of God for you, the plan he has for you, it's very broad. It may start out as letting God influence your family. Then God influences your finances. Then God influences, um, you know, first of all, maybe your speech, the way you think. So it can start out really broad. You know, getting, God's getting all these things into line. He's forming a base of what he wants to do. And as you seek God, as you get closer to God, you're... <laughs> Ron was like, let me preach! The plan of God for you gets more defined and more defined and more defined until it comes to that point. It comes to that head. And it, that's exactly how it happened for Peter and I. It started out, he started working these things out here. And it was just, the, just simple things. Being faithful to go to church. Being faithful to tithe. tithe uh, working on our family. Working on our marriage. Working on prayer. Working on pursuing, uh, I mean, it just got more defined and more defined, and God just led us to the point. Then it got more defined. Oh, he's calling us to the world. Okay, he's calling us. Uh, it's going to look more like this. Okay, and then, and then, and then, and then, Australia. <laughs> and I'm not saying we have arrived. I mean, we've arrived. This, this part of God's plan has been realized, but it's really exciting to know that there's this whole new, now we get, it's like God's bringing us back to square one. Seek God again. Seek him again. What is the next dream that God's going to give us? <clears throat> um, I'm way behind. Uh, I'm going to skip that. What, what was the last thing I just said? Seek God again. Oh, yeah, okay. So... <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it happens quite often to me. I can literally forget what I'm going to say as words are coming out of my mouth. Okay. Um, well, let me find it here. Um, God, I don't know where it's at in my notes. I had six pages. Um, I know. Oh, I found it. So God... He's not going to ask you to do anything that he hasn't first put a desire in your heart. The Bible says in Psalms that he, in Psalms, that he gives you the desires of your heart and then he brings them to pass. 
Um, I've heard people serving God or, you know, the, um, I'll, for, I'm going to just tell this story. When I was in Bible school, there was this girl. <laughs> you know, we, we're all in work in progress, right? But she was like so certain. She was not certain because one day she'd be like, oh, God's doing this and God's leaving me here. Anyways, she was like beside herself saying that God, I think God's calling me to Egypt. <laughs> and she's freaking out. <laughs> um, she's freaking out. But I just thought, okay, maybe, and maybe God was calling her to Egypt. But I want to tell you, God's never really done that. He doesn't work that way in me. Almost always, God puts a desire on the inside of me, and then he brings it to pass. A lot of times, God leads me by desire. Um, I'll tell you, actually, the first time when we came to Australia back in 2015, I left here, and I did not want to come back. (laughs) Sorry, but it's okay. The desire was not there. God took the desire away from me. I had heard Australia, and you know what? Just be lie on your toes. Sometimes you need to dig in your heels. Sometimes you just need to be light on your toes. And I just thought, well, you know what? If I missed it, that's not where we're called. That's okay. There's tons of other nations that need to hear the gospel, maybe more, (laughs) you know. So I was just quick to be like, okay, well, the desire completely left me. I left here not really ever caring if I come back. God gives us the desire. The interesting thing was Australia is where we were supposed to be, but it was not the right time. And it's so beautiful to look back and see that we would have been doing things in our own strength. Things would not have been ready for us. Pastor Ian and Helen, they, we might not even be here in the Lighthouse Church had we pushed past, oh, well, bless God, we're just going to go. Well, no, just follow. Sometimes it's okay to follow those desires. And that desire left. <laughs> so what did we do? We just kept waiting on God for another couple years. And, but Australia, it just kept hovering. It kept hovering in me. You know, the Holy Spirit, that's some way, sometimes he leads us like that. He'll hover over something. And he never pushes. He's never aggressive. He's never forceful. He's not going to force you into doing something you don't want to do. The desire comes first. And that's what happened. The Holy Spirit just hovered over it. It's kind of just like he was just like, let's just slide that to the back burner. And let's just go ahead and do some more things here for a little while. It's worth it to wait on the Lord. It's so worth it to do things in in his timing. Amen? Um, So, yes, God has never asked me to do anything that I don't want to do. I really feel like the church needs to get a revelation about this. You know, it says that... um, In Hebrews 12.2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus had a moment where he questioned the God life. There was a moment where where Jesus questioned God's plan. Is this really what you want me to do? You really want me to go to the cross? And, and he says, if there's another way, if this cup can pass from me, then let's do that. <laughs> but God assured him, this is it. This is the plan. And Jesus, in that moment, he looked out into the future, and he saw you. 
and he saw me. And joy, strength came into him to fulfill the word of God. Serving God should not look painful. (laughs) It shouldn't be miserable. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. I think that applies to giving and laying down your life. Listen, none of us are probably ever going to experience the persecution that Jesus did. But he was faithful to it, and the the Bible says that he had joy in the midst of it. It was the joy that got him through it. It is possible. This is the part where I kind of miss that. The God life, it's good. It's wonderful. It's not always going to be easy. I think uh, Shane asked me a couple weeks ago, do you ever get mad? (laughs) What makes you mad? I do get mad. Sometimes, yes, I do get mad. But I'll be honest with you. I have a lot of good days. I'm just, I I just, that's a revelation I've got that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Sure. I have the temptation to, to, to be discouraged. I have the temptation to sin. I have the, we all are tempted, Right? But the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's what gets me up every morning. It's what causes me to smile. It's what makes me want to, excited to come up here and church and do. It's so fun. It's good. I'm, fun is not a spiritual word. You understand what I'm saying? The will of God's not always fun. But we have a choice on what we can look like on the outside. <laughs> Amen? So... Wherever my cross leads me, there will most likely be a smile on my face, if not at least joy in my heart. Uh, The more you surrender to his plan for life, for your life, the more influence you have on other people's destiny. Here's a true and sobering thought. People's destinies are tied to your obedience. There was a man who came into church one day. No, I was not in church. (laughs) I used to cut hair in a salon. I was working in a salon. I was probably, mm, this is, I don't want to go all the way into this, but let's just say I was at the end of my rope. I, I, I was within days of filing for divorce with Peter. Um, my life was just not what I wanted it to look like. And here, I, you know, once again, I thought, I'm going to, you know, you try to fix it in your own strength. What can I do to make my life better? You just want to be happy, right? You just want to experience happiness again. I want to feel like I have a point and a purpose and, you know, and everything in my life was just failing. And um, I don't know. I think I've told some people this testimony. But just literally, when I say I was lost, I was, I was so lost. Um, the day before I got saved, I had talked to a psychic. <laughs> And this psychic says, because uh, my question for the psychic, because right, I worked at this hair salon and all these women were like, you should call this psychic. We've been talking to him on the radio and see what, she's, you know, see what she says about your marriage, you know, and it's all a big game. My life is all a big game to these women. <laughs> but I needed real answers. I needed real answers. And so I call this <laughs> psychic, which even in my heart I knew, like, 
so pathetic. I'm talking to a psychic. And I tell her, and I tell her that me and my husband are getting ready to divorce and is it go- is it going to work out? And she says she says, "No, I'm sorry. Your marriage it's not going to work out." But she said, "You're going to find your true love in 3 years." <laughs> and so I hung up the phone, so embarrassed because they put it on the air. <laughs> um so, that night, I just decide, Kristen, you're so pathetic. Just do it. Just file div- for divorce. If you need to ask somebody, if you love your husband well enough to, you know, stay with him, then just do it, you know. And so, I had made a decision in my heart that I was going to uh, divorce Peter. So, and I'm sorry that I talk about this no, like, nonchalantly, but it was, it's been so long now. And God has done, oh, such a work. And I have, I have, I'm, I have the best marriage <laughs> We have a wonderful marriage. And um, so anyways, I had made up in my mind that we were going to, I was going to divorce Peter. And so I go to work the next day and the very first client that sits in my seat that day is this uh, pastor of a small church. He was a pastor, but I'm pretty sure he's calling an evangelist (laughs) because everywhere he went, people got saved. I loved being with him. After a while, I get old because you're like, okay, I'm just going to the grocery store, but he'd be stopping and making people, sure, people were right with God, you know, and um, beautiful. But so anyways, this pastor sits down in my chair, and he's instantly, he's just like, oh man, it's so nice, and man, God's so good, and He's like, oh, I just, I want to show you pictures of my wife. And he pulls out pictures of his wife. And he's like, man, let me tell you, God has got, marriage is, is so divine. It's like a covenant and, and God loves marriages. And, and he just, I'm telling you, I just love my wife. And, and I mean, he's going on and on about how wonderful his marriage is. And he, so then he starts asking me about mine. And he's saying all these things that only God could have known. And so long story short, I end up getting saved out in front of my sal- the salon <laughs> I worked at. <laughs> all, the, all the women are like out the windows like, what's happening? And you know what? They got to see a mighty transformation. From that point on, I was, I'd be waiting for clients and I'm reading my Bible. Um, I did, we did such a 180. Our life went from being... Uh, we were so empty. We had tried every door. We had pursued every avenue of our plans and nothing was working. But when I heard, and this is what the man said, he said, because I told him, I said, I just talked to the psychic yesterday and I'm like in tears telling him, you know, like what the devil has said to me. And he says, you know what? That is, that is the enemy's plan for you. He does have plans for you. The devil has plans for us. And just being in neutral, you think, oh, I'm not on either side. There's no such thing. You are either in the God life or you are leaving your life up to chance, fate, luck, the devil. There's no neutral. There's no in between. And I told him, I said, so this man said, that, or this woman said this to me yesterday, and she said, he says, that is that is the devil's plan for you. He's got a plan for your life too. And it's a life of destruction and failure pain, sorrowness, emptiness, sickness. He said, but you know what? God's got a good plan for your life. And I took him at his word. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. 
I ended up going a kind of different direction than what I had intended. Our obedience, people's destiny, let me say that People's destinies are tied to our obedience. What if that man, had he not come in to that salon that day at that exact moment, we underestimate who is living on the inside of us. You got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and you're think, you, you think you're unable to preach the gospel. I don't care if you're in front of masses. I don't care if you're in front of one. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You think he doesn't know more about that person than you do? That man, he didn't know what I had gone through, but the Holy Spirit inside him knew, and we underestimate that. I just want to encourage you that people's destinies are tied to your obedience. We've got something that the world does not have, and it's worth sharing. There's more to this God life than coming to church every Sunday and sitting in a pew and there's more to it than that. We don't have pews, so it's not us. That didn't apply to us. We're doing something. <laughs> That's right. We know better. No. Praise the Lord. He wants, he wants to use us. I just, I'm so thankful for that man's obedience. I still, every now and then, I, I don't, <laughs> he, is, he is wild. <laughs> He's wild for Jesus. And and it never changes. He's just always that way. And I, I so admire that about that man. I didn't end up staying at his church. The, the, there's so much more to the story about how uh, Peter. How I went home and I told Peter about what had happened. That I'd met this man and I gave him my phone number. And I'm like looking back on it like, what happened? Like, what? I gave this old, the older man my phone number? And Peter's like, what are you talking about? And he just says, he's like, okay, that's great. That's really good, Kristen. And and I said, look, um, I'm going to go to this church service of his on Sunday because he invited me to go. And I just kind of decided in my heart, whatever happens between Peter and I, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue this because there really is a God. <laughs> there really is a God who's seen me. He saw me in the midst of my despair. He saw me and he came to me and I'm going to go see what he's about. And so I told Peter that, then I'm going to go check out this church service on Sunday. And Peter says, okay, that's great. And I said, well, are you going to go? And Peter says, well, I'm not really. He said, there's enough lukewarm Christians out there. I don't really, I'm not really interested, you know. I, he's, he'd been hurt many times by Christians, you know, and we all have. That's a whole other message, getting past. <laughs> Anyways. So um, he said, no, there's enough lukewarm Christians out there. I'm not, I'm not interested. And, um, well, anyways, that night uh, we had a bunch of friends over, and we were out in the garage doing what we typically did. Yes, I had this experience with Jesus, but it took a little bit for me to get my outward, right, take the grave clothes off. So we were out smoking, uh, smoking pot and drinking out in the, in the garage. And um, this pastor who I had given my phone number to, Peter goes inside to get ice or something for his drink, and this man calls <laughs> in that five minutes that Peter goes inside. And anyways, well, five minutes later, Peter doesn't come back, and so we're all like, where's Peter? Where did he go? I'm like, I'll go look for him. He's upstairs in Landon's room, which Landon was, uh, he was at, not that, that you know, it matters, it does matter, but he wasn't there that night. Anyways, Landon was one Landon made us want to have a better life. Jesus gave us the ability to have and give him that better life. 
Um, so anyways, I find Peter upstairs in Landon's bedroom, and he's on the phone with this pastor, and tears are coming down Peter's face. And um, I'm like, what's happening? Who are you talking to? And he's like, you know, and I realize he's talking to that pastor, you know. So anyways, the pastor had basically did the same thing. God used him to speak into Peter's life. And so um, anyways, we go to church. He's like, okay, let's go see what this is about, you know. So we go to church that Sunday together, and there's an evangelist there from South Africa. I still don't, I can't remember his name, Joel something. And he is, and I'd never been to a spirit-filled church, mind you. So people being excited about the Lord, that was new for me. And it was also refreshing. I didn't know people could be so excited about their faith in Jesus, but it was encouraging, like, they really believe this, you know? And um, so he was going around the room, and he was ministering to people, which was so new to me. And he gets to Peter, who's, Peter's about, like, right over here, you know? And he says, he says lift your hands up. And <laughs> Peter's just so, like, no. <laughs> no, actually, Peter's so sweet, you know, and he's just nervous just because he's in the spotlight. Peter doesn't like to be in the spotlight. And so anyways, the man says, lift your hands. And Peter willingly, he, so he lifts his hands. And this man says, I've heard you say that there's, there's too many lukewarm Christians in the world and you don't want to be one of them. And, he, and instantly Peter starts shaking and um, just tears falling down his face. And, and he says, he says, look, God's got a plan for your life. It's up to you whether you want to pursue it or not, but he's got an amazing plan for your life. And Peter um, gets saved that day. We got filled with the Holy Ghost a week later. I mean, everything, any desire we had, we were both, we were both cigarette smokers and pot smokers and drinkers, and we actually had a pretty successful life. It looked like we had it all together. Hey, hey even the sinner, they can... If, you're, you follow your own plan. It can happen. You can make life good, right? But there's good, and then there's God. There's a good life, and then there's a God life. And so, anyways, we went from, I don't know, I guess it wasn't, there were good moments. <laughs> but walking that God life, and we did such a 180 that it really concerned our family. But this many years later, <laughs> this many years later, let me tell you, it's been a walk, but now I see my family. My sister's gotten saved. The other day, she told me, she said, Kristen, like, she's like, I used to just want to, like, live at the lake. I just wanted to, like, you know, have kids and, and just have a simple life. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. But she said, Kristen, I just think God's calling me to do some great things. I'm like, yeah, he is. He's calling you to do some great things. And I guarantee you it has to do with other people's destinies. I guarantee you it does. And so she's serving the Lord faithfully, leading people to these conferences. And, I mean, it's so beautiful. But over time, all of our family, um, most all of our family, we're still working on some. And Peter's family here, we're believing for great restoration in his family. It's only a matter of time. Um, anyways, just the influence that our choice to walk that God life has made in so many and it was just a choice amen and it's been an adventure for us <laughs> apparently we make it look fun and easy but praise god i believe it can be and it should be amen all right so i've preached your ear off <laughs> i'll go ahead and wrap it up hallelujah thank you god father i'm just so grateful 
I'm so grateful for the plans and the purposes that you have for each of us. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you choose to use us. You see us as qualified to do this thing, to do this work, to preach the gospel, to to step into this God life. Lord, I thank you that it's available to us that it's a choice that we can, we can choose. I just, I really, like this morning when I was thinking about this message and stuff, I was thinking, and I saw, and I saw this, and so I'm gonna give, I wanna give you all the opportunity. This is, I have to say this is one of my greatest passions, and, and I really see how it lines up with what God has in the future for this place and something that's on Peter and I's life to get people into their positions. God is calling people to get into their positions. God is doing a great work in the earth today. There is a mighty harvest that is going to come and we need to get into our positions. If you say, gosh, that just seems too big for me, that's okay. Receive it. Everything in the kingdom starts out as a seed. It'll grow in you. God has great plans for you. He wants to use you for great things. He wants to use you to affect people's destinies, whether it's in a coffee shop tomorrow or whether it's a mission trip, however, in a year. It doesn't matter. God has a specific plan for each and every one of us, and I do believe that God has called Peter and I here, and part of our mandate is to get people into their position. So I just want to pray that for you today. And once again, if your eyes aren't closed, I want you to keep your eyes closed. And just before, just between you and God, I want you to remember, I don't care how old you are. There's no hindrances. There's nothing keeping you from stepping over into this God life unless you just say you don't want to. But if you know how good he is, that he's not trying to take from you, he's trying to get to you, get things to you. But I want to give you just a moment to consecrate your heart. Just to say yes. Lord, yeah. I want to walk this God life. I want to be used to touch the world. You can. You can touch the world. It's possible. You can be used of God. You're an ambassador for Christ. You can do all things through him. And so, Father, I just, I just want to give you all the opportunity to do that. If you want to boldly raise your hand and say, I want the God life. I'm not calling, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not. This is between you and God, and you just say, I want that plan. I want to know what God has for me. I don't want to stand before God and know that I could have had so much more. I could have lived a fuller life. I could have, I could have been used by God Almighty. I could have had an effect on this world. But you can tap into it now. And so I just want to encourage you, if you just want to raise your hand and say, yeah, I want that, God. Because he will take you at your word. 
And I, I can assure you there will be a testing that will come. He's not testing you, but he's testing the word in you. But let me tell you, when you come out the other end of that testing, the word of God will be steadfast in you. It will be refined and it will be polished and no one will be able, not no, and that's what the Bible says, is the enemy will come and he will try to take that seed from you. But when you come out the other end, it's yours. Nobody will be able to shake you off it, that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and for your family and it's a good plan that will prosper you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. And I'm going to, I just want to consecrate myself too. Father, I want that for my life. I want to see all that you have for me. I don't want to leave one thing undone. I don't want to leave one stone unturned. I don't want to leave one door unopened. I want everything that you have for me. And I don't think that it is vain or narcissistic or I believe that it is humble to say, God, not my will, but all yours be done. I want your way, God. I want your plans. I want the God life. I want my family and my children and my children's children to prosper. I want to be used, Father God, in mighty ways. I want to have an effect on this earth. You've given the nations to me as my inheritance. Then, Father God, you show me how. You show me how to be used. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my possessions. I give you everything, God, to give you yourself glory. Give yourself the glory in my life. Give yourself the glory in my life. Have it all, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, hallelujah, that it's greater, better than anything that I can think or imagine. And Father God, I just ask right now, if there's some people in here that are saying, I can't say that I've ever really thought this big. I can't say that I've ever really considered that there's something so big for me. Well, Father God, I pray that you deposit it in them. That, Lord, if they ask, they shall receive. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. You want to be used by God? He'll give it to you. Thank you, Father. You make deposits and impartations right now, Lord. That you would drop it into the heart. Dreams, visions plans, purposes, a life, a God life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. And I'll obey. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. I think we're going to go ahead and do communion. If there's anybody who you'd like specific prayer pertaining to what we just, everything that I just shared, I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit spoke to you personally today. Um, you're welcome to go ahead and.
partake of communion, but if anybody has specific prayer or you want hands laid on you, then I just want to welcome you to come up here. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the, we thank you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the bread. We thank you for the covenant that we have in you, Lord. Oh, God, when we take care of your business, you'll take care of ours. Hallelujah.